Our scripture for today comes from James chapter 1, verse 26 and 27. If anyone thinks he is religious and does not bridle his tongue, but deceives his heart, this person's religion is worthless. Religion that is pure and undefiled before God the Father is this, to visit orphans and widows in their afflictions and to keep oneself unstained from the world. I have a question for us as we begin this study of these words of truth. Is your religion worthwhile or is your religion worthless? Hearing these words, we're able to see some of the effects of the behaviors and the responses that we've been studying about over the past few weeks. Words that speak about how we too often are able to read and to hear the pure and precious truths of God as they're given in these scriptures, looking into them as in a mirror, seeing reflections within them, perhaps capturing a glimpse of what we might look like, or maybe even seeing exactly what we look like, exactly what we look like, seeing things about ourselves that really need to be changed. But then, after seeing them, we turn and immediately forget what we just saw. Unfortunately, too often, that's exactly what takes place on many Sunday mornings. Well-intending church members who've just listened to a preacher preach and having heard the scriptures expounded upon with some being sincerely perhaps convicted of sin by what was preached, but then they get up and they shake the preacher's hand perhaps as they leave, but then they immediately get back to what many of us call real life. We walk out of the church and we get back to what we call real life. And as we do, all those truths that we just learned about, about God and about ourselves from the words that we just heard, they quickly then fade into obscurity in the busyness of our day. And folks, the most unfortunate part of all that behavior is that we barely know that it's taking place. We barely know that it's taking place because here in the South, our Christianity is basic to who we are. Our Christianity, our religion, as the Apostle James calls it here, really is important to us. For the most of us, we really want our religion to be more than it often is. We really want it to define who we are and our behaviors, but too often it doesn't. And God knows that it doesn't. And that is why he looks us straight in the eye with these words and says to us, if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he's like a man who looks intently at his natural face in a mirror, for he looks at himself and goes away and at once forgets what he was like. Now I must confess to you too often, I don't even have to wait until the busy work week starts on Monday to forget what I look like in the mirror of God's Word on Sunday. I can just as easily start on Sunday afternoon. I can recall in some of my earlier days as a young Christian, you can tell when the preacher is getting close to the end of his message, but it would seem as if the preacher would never get finished. In those days, a friend and I had tickets to the Miami Dolphin games. And they had a scheduled start time of 1.10, 1.10 in the afternoon. And if we went one minute past noon, we were going to miss the kickoff. And so we would 
sit in anxiety the last few minutes of the church service, forgetting everything that had taken place for almost an hour. I can also recall in my earlier days as a as a pastor preaching, I would I'm, I'm actually recalling a church near us here where I would occasionally give a Sunday message, and and their church service also started as ours does at ten thirty and ends at eleven thirty. One of them said to me one time why they did that. They said, so we could beat the crowd over at Lake Teocata. Now, that's not a sin. And many of the things that we do are not sinful. We want to beat the line at a restaurant. In our earlier years as Christians, she and I lived in a large town. And if you didn't get there in a hurry, you might wait an hour, hour and a half. So it's often it's not blatantly sinful, the things that we do. But they're still distracting to us. And they help to take away what we just heard. We forget it. There's also times, though, that our sinfulness is obvious. But whatever course our religion takes, God warns us over and over again in the Scriptures that when it comes to our relationship with Him, we really do need to be very, very careful. Very careful. Well-meaning and well-intending churchgoers can so very easily forget what the Scriptures say and can develop habits of their own and behaviors that really do not meet God's standards of what he would call a worthwhile religion, a worthwhile religion. In Matthew chapter 15, Jesus spoke about where whole denominations could get off course with their beliefs and and their teachings. In that instance, the scribes and the Pharisees, they were well-meaning and well-intended church leaders who had developed rules and traditions for their church at that time called the synagogue. And they had elevated the rules and the traditions that they had developed to the same level as their scriptures. And yes, those men knew what the scriptures actually taught. But they must have done, as we read here a moment ago, they must have looked away from those scriptures because then they forgot what they had read and learned and they made up their own. And Jesus engaged them about it. He said there in Matthew chapter 15, verse 6, listen, he said, For the sake of your tradition, you have made void the word of God. You hypocrites. Well, did Isaiah prophesy of you when he said, This people honors me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. In vain they do worship me, teaching as doctrines the commandments of men. Those scribes and Pharisees had taken a wrong turn somewhere. And again, they probably really did at one time study and know the true word. But for some reason, they had turned and they had forgotten what they had seen. And they had developed a religion of their own, one that seemed more religious to them. And worse than that, they taught it to other people. They taught it to their congregations, all of those traditions. And they taught them as if they were scripture. Now here in James chapter 1, God is expressing a very similar problem concerning those well-intending people in James's day. But he's also, listen, he's also speaking to you and me who read these words in our day. Well-intending people like you and me. Why? Why is he warning us now? It's because we too can so easily fall into the same failures as those men of his day. We too can look at all these truths in God's word one moment and then forget them the next. And like those people then, we too can reduce our Christianity to nothing more 
than a religion. And for reasons we don't know, God chose for James to address two specific matters of importance. The first having to do with the the misuse of their tongue. And James will say a lot more about the tongue in later chapters. But here he says in verse 26, If anyone thinks he is religious and does not bridle his tongue, but deceives his heart, this person's religion is worthless. Now may I pause for a moment and remind us again of some of the basic rules that are foundational to these scriptures. The first is that all of these words, all of these words, every one of them are the inerrant and infallible words of God. They're breathed out by the Holy Spirit and breathed into the minds of the writers of these scriptures and then onto the pages of our Bibles. And while, yes, God's words do pass through the minds and the pens of the writers and also picking up remnants of each writer's personality along the way, the words themselves, the words themselves ever and always remain the true and inerrant breath of God. Again, that is given to us in 2 Timothy 3, verse 16. Now, the reason I mention that there is the personality of James that's evident in these words James, as we'll go on through the rest of the book, he's a no-nonsense kind of guy, seeming to cut very little slack to many of the people that he would be speaking to, even you and me. Now here James speaks directly to us about this matter that we treasure so much, what we call our Christianity, and about what he calls religion. He says, and listen to these words, if anyone thinks he is religious and does not bridle his tongue, but deceives his heart, that person's religion is worthless. Now, the word thinks here in this verse is a very defining word. Here we're being told that, yes, we may think ourselves to be truly religious, of good character, thinking and believing rightly on matters of our conversation, of of our lifestyles and, and our behaviors. But are we really? And measured by what standards? Ours? What about God's standards? Do our standards match up with God's standards? And here in verse 26, God gives us a a quick measuring rod. If anyone thinks he is religious and does not bridle his tongue, but deceives his heart, this person's religion is worthless. Now God has many different measuring rods for our behavior in these scriptures. And we mustn't think that guarding and and bridling our tongue is the only one. But folks, our tongue truly is a powerful instrument. It's able to do great, great amounts of evil and harm. And in Matthew chapter 15, Jesus addressed just such a problem dealing with the tongue. There he was responding to a complaint by the scribes and Pharisees about the disciples who were eating with unwashed hands, and they were complaining that they were defiling themselves. And Jesus said to them, Hear and understand, it is not what goes into the mouth that defiles a person, but it is what comes out of the mouth. This defiles a person. And then he went on in verse 18 there in Matthew 15, and he said, Listen to these words. What comes out of the mouth proceeds from the heart, and this defiles a person. Listen to these words carefully. For out of the heart comes evil thoughts, murder, adultery, sexual immorality, theft, false witness, 
slander, these are what defile a person. But to eat with unwashed hands does not defile anyone. Now folks, Jesus created us. He formed us us with his very own hands. And he knows every part of our being. And he especially knows the way of our hearts. And he said in Jeremiah 17, 9, the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? Do you know what he's saying in those words? He's saying your heart and my heart is so desperately wicked and deceitful that it deceives even our own minds. And so very completely that we don't even know ourselves. We fool ourselves. And perhaps that's part of the truth that God is revealing to us here in James 1 verse 26 when he tells us, if anyone thinks he's religious and does not bridle his tongue but deceives his heart, this person's religion is worthless. This verse speaks about people who have deceived their own hearts and minds and they think, they think that they are religious or in our vernacular, they think that they're being Christianly in their behavior. And they may even do enough Christianly things that they not only fool themselves, but they fool other people. Other people will look at him and say, isn't he a fine Christian? Isn't she such a fine Christian? But folks, as Jesus reminded us here in Matthew 15, some awful things can lie hidden within our own hearts. Words and behaviors that can erupt and will just spill out with only a moment's notice. And yes, it is so easy to see it taking place in our national media with our news commentators and our politicians. These words of Jesus are proven out most every moment or any moment that we turn on our television set. What comes out of the mouth proceeds from the heart, and this defiles a person. For out of the heart comes evil thoughts, murder, adultery, sexual immorality, theft, false witness, and slander. More false witness and slander can take place in only one minute on our national news than should take place in a lifetime. But folks, as easy as it is for us to cast stones at those folks. Here, God is not just speaking about those people. He is speaking about you and me. He's speaking about you and me, people who really do think ourselves to be religious. We think ourselves to be Christianly people. Verse 26, again, if anyone thinks he's religious and does not bridle his tongue, but deceives his own heart, this person's religion is worthless. For myself, it too often takes only a moment for my tongue to begin to reveal some of the worst sinful things that lie beneath within my heart. And again, I really can deceive myself often. And especially justifying the way I feel and the things that I say just because those things are actually true. And isn't that so with most of us? Isn't that so with you? That if the things that we are thinking and saying are really true, then we believe that we have license to think those things and to say those things. We'll say, well, I was just telling the truth. Isn't what I said true? But folks, listen, God has also given us other guidelines and standards by which we need to measure our thoughts and measure our conversations, all the things we say. In 1 Corinthians chapter 10, we're told that although our thoughts and our words may be lawful and not, not obviously sinful, they may still not be profitable. 
they may still not be of value, especially to those that we're saying those words to. And because of that, we should not be so quick to say the things that come into our minds. Underlying much of what James is saying is this deeper problem, that of hypocrisy, that of hypocrisy. Too often, we do think highly of ourselves and of our opinions, and we do think less highly of other people and of their opinions. And with our loose tongue, we can voice our highly opinionated feelings. And yes, we may actually gain a following by our voicing our opinion. We see that take place on social media especially. If you get on what I believe they call a string, you can just find all sorts of people agreeing with what the first person said. So we can get a following. But here, we're being asked to consider. No, we're being commanded to consider. If anyone thinks he's religious and does not bridle his tongue, but deceives his heart, this person's religion is worthless. Just because we're saying something is tr that is true does not make it profitable to those that are going to pick up on it and follow along with you. We may be actually saying truthful words, but rather than bringing something of value to the people that are listening, and even to our own souls, our words become useless and beyond useless. As these behaviors become a part of our Christian witness, our religion becomes worthless. Because unfortunately, as I said a moment ago, we really do value this Christianity of ours, this religion of ours. And we'll say that up front, and then we will give our opinionated statement. And so those two are locked together as our Christian witness. And too often then, our religion becomes worthless not gaining anything for Christ or for His church. And here the implied alternative, listen, the implied alternative to us having this overactive tongue is what some people would simply say, just shut up, just shut up. That's a very effective first step. And yes, you may still be thinking all those things, but still, just our shutting up can be an improvement. And it'll allow us time then to repent and to move on forward from those sins. And then secondly, James is implying here, instead of busying ourselves with doing wrong things, he says to busy yourself with doing right things, visiting widows and orphans and keeping yourself unstained by the world. He says, verse 27, religion that is pure and undefiled before God the Father is this, to visit orphans and widows in their affliction and to keep oneself unstained from the world. And then another set of verses, well, one in particular, that uh, is so excellent all the time. Philippians 4.8, there the Lord says, Brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think on these things. If we busy ourselves thinking on these things, we truly will be religious, Christianly, in our words and in our behaviors. And out of our heart then, if it is set upon these things, will come this religion that truly is worthwhile and not worthless. Now, before we close, may I bring our thoughts back to a subject that is dear to my own heart. And it's that of the relationship that husbands have with their wives because it's in that very special relationship that this matter of an uncontrolled tongue 
needs very special warning. And I'll speak from the husband's perspective, but we'll ask you wives that you would consider these matters from a wife's perspective. And using the words of Ephesians 5 that command a husband to love his wife as Christ loves her, and also using the words of 1 Peter 3 that command a husband to be considerate of his wife and to hold her in high respect, I'd like to give us these words of warning. There's a common expression of our day that familiarity breeds disrespect. Familiarity breeds disrespect. And I believe that too often that's a truism. And especially as it applies within a marriage relationship. Men, as we live up close and personal with our wives, we can foolishly fall into the trap that's referred to in these verses. We know the truths. We know what we're supposed to do. We know what God is saying here in Ephesians 5 and in 1 Peter. But we walk away and we quickly forget these truths. And without realizing that we're doing it, our tongues then begin to do things that they should not do. Saying words and demonstrating attitudes that are just wrong. Sometimes just being plain mean to our wives. Other times just not being considerate, not respectful and loving. And it's in those moments that our religion, our Christian witness to them, the ones that see us most, the ones that know us best of all, that's when our Christian witness to them can become worthless. And that's so sad. That's so sad. And these things can take place in the best of marriages. On a moment's notice, even my own, I see it taking place. And it breaks my heart. And men, we must not allow that to take place. We must immediately, if we do it, we must immediately come to the Lord and to our wives in humble repentance. When it comes to our relationship with our wives, men, you and I must keep our tongues under close watch. Our relationship with our wives can be said to be second only to the relationship that we have with Christ. We must guard and we must protect it with every breath. Would you bow with me? We'll pray those words that we opened our time here with today. Psalm 139. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts. And see if there be any grievous way in me. And lead me in the way everlasting. Amen.